You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about books to help you get your shit together and interviewing author and podcaster Gabby Dunn. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just started reading... And I should have read this a long time ago because it's so up my alley. Um, Autonomous by Annalie Newitz. Oh, yeah, this was is super guest on up the show. your alley. Um, I love her podcast, and uh, which is called Our Opinions Are Correct, which she does with Charlie Jane Anders. And um, I just had never read her book. My brother got it for me for the, my birthday, and it's a physical book. So, you know, it takes me forever to actually read a physical book because I'm me, and it didn't come from the library. Uh, and it's not on my e-reader, so I forget about it. Um, but I love it. It's about, um, it's set about 100, 150 years in the future in a time when patents are really important and drug patents. And there's about a woman who is a, um, a patent pirate, essentially. So she pirates drug patents and makes drugs, like, uh, like illegal copies of that drug. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, but she puts one on the market that, uh... Maybe having adverse effects. Uh, it's like one that makes people work a lot, and then people instead start having um, like dying from it because they like literally they're like, "I'm going to play the piano till I die," like stuff like that. So, oh god, that's how far I am into it. And there's also a someone chasing her, trying to find her. Um, it's a some sort of, I guess, army man. I don't. He's some sort of. He's like pri- like private eye ar- army man. This is not a good description. And a robot chasing her around. So it's pretty exciting. Very also, uh, robots are indentured servants, and there's indentured slaves that are humans as well. So there's all sorts of, like, it's a different, very different world than we live in Wow. Now. Yeah. Yeah. What are you reading? Uh, so we are recording this way in advance. Yes. So uh, we are still in 2018 when we're recording this, and I am almost, I'm three-fourths of the way through the new Tana French book. Ugh. Which I've been super excited about all year. And it was really funny because she is my favorite Irish writer, but I was in Ireland when the book came out. So my oh. pre-order came in and I was not at home to receive oh. it. So uh, I, it took me, normally I read her books as soon as they come out, but this one took me a little longer. It's called The Witch Elm and it is a departure from her because it's the first book of hers that is not in her Dublin Murder Squad series. Mm. Normally her books are from the point of view of a detective on the Dublin Murder Squad. And this is from the perspective of... Um, not a murder victim because that would be a dead person, but just someone who is in is this kid. He's in his early 20s. He is from like a well-to-do family. Nothing bad has ever happened to him. And because of that, he is, he's not super observant. You know, he's been really lucky. He's not really aware of his surroundings because he's never had to be until one day someone breaks into his house and steals a bunch of his stuff and beats the shit out of him. And he gets a brain injury. He's in the hospital for a really long time. And after he recovers it's the first time where he's like taking a look at his life and he's just like oh my god I've never felt scared before and he go he finds out his uncle has a brain tumor so he goes to live with his uncle in their like ancestral family home to help take care of him and one day a skull is found in the backyard and he starts to realize that maybe whoever killed this person is also the person who um sent someone into his house to beat the shit out of him oh so you start um it and i'm not gonna lie i hate saying anything bad about tana french but it took me normally from the first paragraph i'm super hooked in her books it took me a while to get into this like over 100 pages um but now that it's cooking it's really really good so if you're if you started reading it and you're like this is kind of slow keep going it's so 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 good so that's uh the witch elm by tana french and uh, autonomous by annalee newitz 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Lynette wrote in, I work in a library and whatever people do with their own books, I'd like to mention that when we get books back that have pages folded, we can never get them back out. Like all libraries, we take immense pride in our collection and we want to keep the books in good condition so they can be enjoyed over and over. Lynette with a, Lynette, the librarian with a quick public service announcement. Do not dog ear your library books. Yeah, that's good. And uh, we because we say you can dog ear your own. Don't dog ear a library book. It's so rude. Yeah. Very rude. Get a bookmark. Get a piece of paper. Yeah, get anything. literally anything that is like maybe not a sandwich or something, but something that won't. <laughs> Nothing wreck the sloppy. Book. Nothing sloppy. No <laughs> sloppy bookmarks. I like that you went into like your Adam Sandler sloppy Joe impression <laughs> immediately. Like I recognized it, even though your voice. Oh no, that song's gonna be stuck in my head all day. Um, so Cynthia wrote in and with 2019 reader goals, which is we asked for, and we're very excited to hear about them. Um, her reader goals are go on adventures that are not in my head. Aw. Uh, act on all all the ideas that talk to me and start to write and publish. Stop letting anxiety, doubts, procrastination rule your life. Write, exclamation point, exclamation point. Read even more books, exclamation point. Meet all my book author heroes. That is a big one. Yeah. That's a lot, but I like it. It's very ambitious. Go and be in BookCon. Stop being afraid to create. I love this. Yeah. I love this. I love that she sent these in. These are such, like, wonderful both artist and writer and reader goals. Yeah, so please, uh, all this month, if you want to send us your 2019 reader goals, we are excited to hear them. Uh, Amanda wrote in, so this is some feedback about some feedback. Um, Fiona's listener feedback about reading Fingersmith with her girlfriend was so (laughs) cute (laughs) and reminded me of something that I do with my wife. I'm a librarian. I've always identified as a capital R reader, but my wife, who is getting a PhD in chemistry, doesn't read a lot outside of work. Recently, we started a mini book club just for us. I pick five books that I think she might like, and she picks one from the list, and we read it together to discuss it. So far, we've read Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant, The Colorado Kid by Stephen King, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, and are currently working on Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen. Oh, I like this list. It's so much fun to read books together, but the best part is that my wife has started picking up other books and has read more than 15 books this year, whereas in the past, she's read maybe one or two books a year. Now she's a capital R reader herself. This is super cute. I love a two-person book club. We should do a whole episode on doing just a two-person book club. We should do a book club. Just you and me? We're two people. (laughs) (laughs) We already do a book club. It's called Reading Glasses Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, this is what we we reached out and asked for people to send us their uh, couple reading activities. So please keep sending them. They are super adorable. Yeah, we should do an episode on it. So fucking cute. Yeah. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk with Gabby Dunn about books to get your shit together with, we're going to take a quick break. Hello, listeners of Maximum Fun. I want to tell you about our newest podcast that tells you all about the truth of the flat earth. Have you been looking out over the horizon and you've been thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't look round. I've been lied to my whole life. What is NASA doing with $52 million Million a day? day? Uh, uh, come on. We explode the myths. Just kidding. We're Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we investigate extraordinary claims. That's right. We investigate extraordinary claims firsthand. We go undercover in fringe groups. We get alternative medicine treatments. And we hang out with people who have unusual beliefs, like flat earthers, 9-11 truthers. We do ghost investigations. We've joined Scientology. And we got baptized in the Mormon church. If it goes bump in the night... And so do we. <laughs> hmm. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org?
This week, we're finally in the new year. It's 2019. It's the time when everyone is reading self-help books, diet books, all kinds of books to help you get your shit together. And we've brought in author Gabby Dunn to help you out. Hey, Gabby. Hey, Gabby. Hi. How's it going? Oh, I'm great. I We were talking, not to pull back the curtain, but we were talking so much before this. And I was like, how fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we have to record. We have to actually also record the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Gabby, can you tell us about your new book, Bad With Money? Yeah. So, Bad With Money is based on a podcast I've been doing um, for a few years. And uh, it started as a show about, like, I always say finances and feelings. Where it was me, I really didn't know anything about money. I was, like, truly terrible with it. I would cry all the time about it. And I felt very alone. So, I was like, okay, let me make a show about it. So, I started sharing all the, the, I would, like, call my bank on the show or, like, call my student loan provider. I talked to my parents, like, all this stuff. And um, and so people were like, oh, this is really cool and transparent. And then uh, seasons two and three, as the more I learned, the more I became like a, a full like socialist living in the woods, like being like everything is bad. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, it was um, very hard to get Gabby on the show. We had to send a pigeon into exactly. the woods to get her. <laughs> yeah. Horse rode her out. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. So I became like very more a little radicalized. And uh, and then. I, the show kind of is still about like me getting my shit together, but I talk to a lot of different sort of people about like situations that you could be in or things where money is affected, like, uh, like climate change and marijuana industry and food industry. And, um, so it's broadened a bunch, but also like last year or season one, we did an episode I loved called what if you're fucked, where it was like someone who had been (laughs) identity thefted, someone who was in a motorcycle accident and lost a leg and like, was like, Oh shit, I'm disabled. Someone who, um, like had a bipolar disorder and like just spent all their money so uh we get like into the weeds with it so i so then we made a i wrote a book based on it that is partially that kind of stuff but also like advice and and how do you and it comes out january 1st which is great because it's like hey it's the new year yeah figure out how to do a retirement fund (laughs) (laughs) but i'm but it's not aspirational it's like relatable like i'm learning how to do it also and I'm confused massively. This is I, I'm I'm very excited about this episode because I we'll get into this in a little bit, but I don't know a lot about finance either. It's like one of those things where it's like make money question mark question mark. You know, <laughs> like, Rich. I, yeah, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the question marks mean. I'm just like I don't know like what happened. Make give, money. Give it to plus. all my cats. Yeah, just I let don't them really. Deal with it. Oh, I didn't really know either. Um, and I sold a, a TV show in in 2016, and then I had more money than I'd like ever had in my life ever seen in my life and I was like oh my god I guess I bury this in my backyard like I don't know what to do yeah, like, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck I put yeah. it in one room in my house and sleep in your it. mattress is like on TV like one of those ones on TV yeah. where it's like this money just sticking out the side full panic and I had you know 15 10 years of of debts so I was like using this money basically to like pay back medical debt credit card debt like everything um, and it was interesting because my comedy partner got the same amount of money and we sold the show together and she was like in a better place so she was just like nice I have this money and I was like making up for like years and years of like I don't know oh god yeah which I think is great about your podcast because it makes you super relatable that you aren't like and I'm an expert on everything and I'm very rich pull up to the recording studio on your yacht you're like ah time to tell people about finances I don't think that millennials and Gen Z relate to that at all anymore I think like if you come at it from that perspective you're just tone deaf 
Yeah, because yeah. a lot of because a lot of which we'll talk about a lot of finance books are written from that perspective where they're like, I have my shit together and I've had it together for forty five years and right. I'm just like, I, I haven't listen, been alive that long. I don't want to listen to some seventy year old white dude who's retired at forty five to tell me about all the things that and that's all of it and yeah. it's very. I mean, I'm like deep in the weeds on this. It's very moralizing. So a yeah. lot of these people are kind of secret Christian, and they like come at it as They're like, like you're gonna use that money for an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh. no, it's, it's like out of eat. nowhere. They're like, anyway, your four hundred one k. Also, don't get an abortion. Anyway, like <laughs> and they are like, wait, that was what was that? Go rewind to that last part. <laughs> All right. So what? Quick, like, just to start out, it's the new year. What piece of advice that's, like, an easy way to start would you give listeners who want to get their money shit together this year? Is that so hard? No, no. I mean, one thing I say that seems obvious is open your mail. I Hmm. used to throw my mail away. But what I mean by that is, like, read everything. Mm -hmm. I, like, open my my Bank of America statement and I read every page and I read it multiple times to try to understand it, which is really hard. Um, And I, I, like, go through – I went through and I printed out my entire bank statements and then I went through them for the whole year with a highlighter trying to see, like, okay, what did I spend the most on? What could I cut out? What do I not need? Oh, I have two Dropbox accounts. Why? Get rid of one. Oh, I'm paying – I realized, like, small things. I realized that I would pay a parking meter no matter what it was. I would just hit full full amount of time and then go in for 15 minutes and have paid for four hours. You're the angel whose parking spots I (laughs) Yeah, so, like, it's good karma. (laughs) But it's also, like, you're losing, you know, dollars a day for that, which seems dumb, but, like – so I was going through, I went through and just like figured out what I was spending on and what I could cut and all that stuff. But it took hours. I mean, hours. Like you have to read so much stuff. I didn't know I had cash rewards. I like went through the Bank of America website and read everything. Well, I don't and I want was, you to know that. No, I know. And I read everything and I was like, whoa, there's just $215 sitting there. I didn't even know that. Like, I, I had to, or, like, you know, stuff, anything. Like, I went through and read through all of my car insurance and, like, oh, call. you I mean, it's all phone calls. So I had to, like, call and be like, is there a way to get a less expensive one? Or, you know, like, you just have to, I mean, I sit on the phone. I had, like, a thing with PayPal where I needed to get, like, $15 out of PayPal. And normally I would have just been like, that's a wash because it wasn't working. But I was like, nope. And I called PayPal and was, like, on the phone with them for an hour. Like, it's a (laughs) full-time job to figure this shit out and to do it. But, like, just my advice is to just, like, not let it be by the wayside, you know, which I think I let a lot of stuff just be like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So you're basically, like, be a bureaucracy's nightmare. Like yeah. if you can be like coupon, go, yeah. be, I want to see the manager mom. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like, and I think there's a way. There's a nice way to do mm-hmm. this because I also will stay on the phone forever to yeah. get something done because I they don't expect you to, mm-hmm. and it works out for you yeah. if you just mm-hmm. will stay on the phone and keep being nice, and yep. eventually someone helps you. Yeah, I did my friend Caroline Goldfarb's podcast, and she was talking about how she she realized she had two um, gym memberships to the same gym, and she was like, oh my god, and it was forty bucks a month, but she was like, nope, and she called and tried to get it taken off for like the whole year because she had been going on the other membership and she's like she called days and days and days and finally got that money back and she yeah. was like it was you know a couple hundred dollars but let's do it and I think they expect yeah you like you said they expect you not to do it but if you do it like oftentimes you you come out on top yeah for sure 
So sure. do you ever do you have have you read like the I mean we were just talking about the books on finance that are awful. Have you read any of those? Are there good ones that you have read? I've read all like I've read all of Susie Orman's stuff. Um, I've read I really can't bring myself to read Dave, Dave Ramsey because he's a secret. I mean not secret, but he's a Christian, and that's like a lot for I don't me. I even know him. Is he like he's like he's, so he's like super intense uh-huh. and he's a guy that has like a radio show that he films so you can watch it too and he's yells at you and like does that kind of dumb person voice mm-hmm. where he's like oh you wanted to invest and I don't like that <laughs> and he yeah and he a lot of he preaches people are really devoted to him and he preaches a lot of um like living a very like s- scarce life I guess so he like a lot of his I watched his YouTube videos of his fans and a lot of them are just like, I cut cable and I buy like minimal groceries and I don't, you know, they kind of live. I stopped eating in 2018 yeah. and I saved so much right. money. They, they kind of do this thing where they're very righteous about living very minimalist lives, which is fine, but it, it has a, a ring of like, I'm a good moral person because I don't buy anything. And it's like, okay, but. So, but that's not realistic or sustainable. Even Susie Orman talks about how that's not really sustainable. Um, so, I mean, I've read all of the, I've read a lot of the, I read Personal Finance for Dummies. Like I read, you know, all of that stuff. I tend to gravitate more towards the um, the books that are more systemic, like the books that are talking about like, um, you know, poverty issues and systemic mm-hmm. issues. And um, I, I uh, there was a, a book by Annie Lowry that's about, universal basic income and like it's called give people money and it's like mm-hmm. about this idea do you know about this no it's this idea um that some uh liberal politicians are running on now where it's like you you just everyone would get a stipend every month you would get like a thousand dollars a month from the government and everyone would get it it's not just like welfare and that and the idea is that that would leave people open to pursuing their passions which would be better for society hmm. wow So like you could, if you wanted to be an artist, you could be, but you could work your day job, but you could also have the means to be an artist. And then people go, oh, that would benefit society. Even like if you're like a person who likes to do science experiments and you like, they're like the idea ideally would be that that person like invents something amazing and they have the time and the means to do so. Whereas like, instead of just being a capitalist drone, I saw a Tumblr post that was like, what do you do after work? Go to sleep to work tomorrow. Capitalism. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're losing a lot by yeah. not, you know, having people have the freedom and, and uh, flexibility to, to pursue these things. And I think that's a very interesting idea. Yeah. And sure. probably pretty true. Yeah. So I liked that book a whole lot. Bria, do you ever read books on finance? I do. I do. Well, you know, I have this, do you know, I have this best friend who is, um, she's like kind of a, she doesn't do finance stuff, but she does a lot of like, um, I don't know what to call it. It's not self-help, but it is sort of that, like, yeah. it, like she had a program with Marie Forleo for a while, and, like, she's she did a lot of that stuff. So she sends me finance books, because I'm, like, Aww. the... Can I be her I'm friend, the poor too? artist friend, so, like, <laughs> she's, like, she's always, like, you should read these books. Can she adopt me, me too? She can adopt you. Um... But one I liked that I, when I was thinking about this, was The Art of Money by Barry Tesler. Did you read this one? No. Bari, B-A-R-I. Because it's kind of a holistic approach to finances, which I feel like is a little bit like in your world yeah, as well. That. Yeah, So it's like, basically this whole thing of how our ideas about who we are have, and, and like, 
how like abuses we've served around money affect the way we feel about money, which is very yes. true. It's called a money script. This guy Brad Klontz, um, he's a doc, doctor. Brad Klontz. He he was on my show, and he does uh, a lot of talk about like how your parents affect your money, uh, like how you think about money and um, the ways that like you've been, yeah, like sort of traumatized around yeah. money, like really affects you. Yeah, or spouses or friends yeah. or any, I mean, this kind of stuff that we hold really deep because it's like, it, it is surrounded, it's with, there's like an abuse culture around it or something or something has happened to us that's traumatic. And so I really liked that. And I feel like you touch on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of what I read and and a lot of Bad With Money is like talking about, you know, my world which is very gay and so like it's a lot of you know like hey man like you can give this advice but like disabled people are not allowed to save more than two thousand dollars legally like trans women of color can hardly like be on the books with money like they you know they work mostly in cash economy just because of how hard it is to get like hired in in 28 states i think you can marry your partner but if you put a picture of you and your partner on your desk you can be fired legally like it's it's not i mean it's not great right so you the idea of like just do this is sort of not relevant to a large swath of people yeah so i try to keep that in mind yeah Yeah. i think there's a a lot of bias and I mean I know because I feel it that when you think of finance you think of like 60 year old really affluent mm-hmm, straight white dudes mm-hmm. and you're just like I can't see myself in that world this is very confusing if I ask any questions I'm going to get talked down to right if I read these books I'm not going to understand mm-hmm. or if I read these books they're not going to be applicable to me right and that's just not true I interviewed these guys from Queer Money uh, a podcast that um, their partners and they were working in the finance world for a long time and they said that they worked at um, a lot of companies that had huge marketing budgets uh, for retirement and they own, they would try to be like you should market to LGBTQ couples and they would go no so like all their marketing budgets went to like you know those those commercials where it's like an old man and a woman and he's got his like golfing gear yeah, you right, know what right, I mean right. and they were like yeah. we allocated for the rest of your retirement and like a sunset is yeah. happening <laughs> <laughs> they were like, there's no, they were like, no money at any of these companies went towards marketing retirement to queer people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what do you read finance books? Sorry, no, we didn't even. Clearly. Ask. You don't, okay. The answer is no. Across the board. It's like that Twitter She's meme like, where, like, did my David fi- Lynch write a, write, a, write, a, write a finance book? Because otherwise, I did not check it out. My monthly budget would be like, Cat, cat food, $4,000. Books, $5,000. Someone help me, please. My family is starving. <laughs> <laughs> like not, and my partner is also not, both me and my partner have a lot of anxiety around money because my parents got divorced when I was six and my mother went bankrupt. Yep. And my dad was always late with child support. So like basically mm. if you took anxiety and just like varnished it or it took money and just varnished it with anxiety. So <laughs> even like I open all my mail and I pay all my bills and I don't, I, I am in debt, but not student student loan debt. But just like anytime, like yesterday I pay, like put a pay, payment down on my credit card bill, just opening up my credit card thing online. I was like, <gasps> yep. Uh, so, scary. <sighs> so like I, ha- I haven't even read any finance books. Gabby, your book is going to be the first finance book. Yay! I, ever <laughs> I, hope, I hope it is for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And that's, I think that's, it's just so necessary, especially right now. Um, well, so besides finance books, have there any been any other books that have helped you get your shit together in any way? Like if someone's picking up, a, they're like, it's 2019. It's the year I'm getting my shit together. Like, is there a book that you're like, this was helpful for my life? What? Um, I read well this I this is my first thought which I don't know there was a book called like 
it's like the habits of artists or something. The artist way? N- no, it's like a little book that has different artist names in it. And then it would underneath it say. Daily rituals? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it would say like, um, this person woke up at at 5 a.m. and started writing. or But it was, everybody's different. Like it would be yeah. like, this person, uh, like Sigmund Freud would wake up at noon and, and start writing. <laughs> well, yeah. You know? And uh, Worry about, <laughs> worry about clits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to one, at 1 p.m., worry about clits. 2 p.m., think about how that relates to my mom. <laughs> 3 p.m., you know what I mean? Honestly, great schedule. <laughs> but yeah, it, it goes into detail of like, this person would, uh, you know, like, I'm just making up names that were in it, but like Gloria Steinem starts her coffee at 6 a.m. Like mm. these kind of things. And and whether you adopt it or not, I would read that and be like, okay, everyone has a different way of doing this. And you don't have to do like Ernest Hemingway's like drink yourself on, uh, to death on a boat and then try to write something. Like yeah. maybe, so, skip, maybe skip the Hemingway writing, uh, exactly. writing retreat. <laughs> so like it was interesting just to be like, okay, there's no right way to, to do this. So I, I, I liked and that wasn't like a through read. Like I would pick it up and yeah. look through and find a person that I was interested in and then read their whole chapter and stuff like that. So. Uh, that was I had that next to my bed uh, pretty much this whole year. Yeah, it's a good next to the bed or like breakfast table book. Mm-hmm. That's what Alan does every morning is he has that same book. And yeah. every day he'll read someone else's daily ritual. It mm-hmm. makes him feel better because he's like, oh, this person woke up at noon and scratched yep. his butt for an hour yeah, and right, like, right. did whatever. Yeah. My therapist said something really <sighs> interesting where I would get mad about um, procrastinating. And she was like, well, uh, procrastinating is part of your process procrastinating oh. for an hour is the way that you start writing. And I was like, my brain exploded. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, that's not a thing to beat yourself up for. That's part of your rituals and process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. That's yeah. good to know, too. It was then, huge. Then you, Yeah. Then you're not beating yourself up and you can actually start your writing. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bria? Um, um... Yeah, I uh, there's a there's a couple of books that I feel like I mean there's a lot of books I love I love a good teaching moment in a book where I like highlight I'm like this is this is a good teaching moment Um, I loved catching the big fish which I won't even talk about I know I was like surprised that you didn't bring that up immediately (laughs) I actually just I I feel like I've talked about anything it's a David Lynch book Um, and it's it's about making movies so I felt like there was a lot of stuff in it that I could relate to but also about like meditation and how important Mm -hmm. oh he loves meditation Oh. oh he loves meditation yeah. <laughs> oh, just step down. Because your voice is it. already scratching. I know. Your, I, your regular voice and your David Lynch voice are like <laughs> not, not that dissimilar. He loves it. Uh, well, he catching the big fish is great. Uh, I've talked about this before, but I'm a highly anxious person and I plan everything. And David Lynch is very much in the moment mm-hmm. and like let's just take unexpected things and roll with them. God, I love that. Which so I try to read Catching the Big Fish whenever I start a new project, whether it's writing or film or whatever, because then. It puts me in the space of like normally if like something goes awry from my plan, I'll be like, oh, my God, I have to set everything on fire. But David Lynch is like, let's just do something with it. And it's just great. I love that. Yeah. He's so good about it. Yeah, so I liked that book, and then also um, I'm a, I love a Brene Brown book. I love you know I love a Brene Brown book. Lean, I really is she the lean in. She lean tells you no to lean no in. lean in is Cheryl Sandberg. That's right, that's right. She's about Brene Brown's about vulnerability. vulnerability. Oh yeah, and I'm reading and, Dare to Lead right now. I make through like a chapter, half a chapter. Like I'm not reading like I'm reading it very slowly. It's basically just here's what my last books were about again. Yeah. <laughs> but I. 
like to read it again. It's good and, to remember. And it's more of, actually, what's interesting about this one is it's more about, like, if you've read the other ones, you could read it. If you haven't, you could read, you could just start here. But it is more of a workbook for, like, the, like, if you're a leader and you, you know, are in charge of stuff like ways to be vulnerable like if you're the head of a business if you're fucking ceo i don't know whatever whatever what are jobs but like whatever your job is some kind of real job uh yeah you can you can be vulnerable and how that makes um everyone around you feel better and it makes your business work better just start crying and everyone (laughs) that's the thing is that she kind of like does clarify in some ways and you know what i actually used one of her things the other day because it was like she talked she told a story about how someone she was having a crisis and what i like about her is she's always like she's having the crisis and someone else helps her and then she's like they helped me instead of like i was the benevolent leader like she always talks always talks about other people help her and she was having a crisis and someone started talking in wheeze to her so she was like okay what are we gonna do what are we gonna do to solve this and I was like oh what a lovely way to like make someone feel better and so I met this girl the other day was not on at work and she was having a breakup and I used that and I was like well what are we gonna do when we see him and she was like oh and it like I it's such a dumb weird little thing but it made her feel like I was like and because I was listening and I was like trying to like talk her through it but like it wants you like just simple stuff like that so I, I don't know I love a Brene Brown book I can really love I really it. will go there with a Brene Brown book oh yeah yeah what about you do you read uh well I do I do like self-help get your shit together books I'm really excited because I'm a big fan of Emily Nagoski oh, yeah. her come as you are book was so big for me and one of the biggest things in the book it's a book about sexual health which is mm. great um uh, but one of the things that I took out of it was um her talking about stress and like how stress is a cycle mm-hmm. and she was talking about in that book as it relates to your sex life, but she has a book coming out in March. I think it comes it comes out mid March called Burnout, and it's more it's a whole book about that, wow. and about stress and that. Yeah. For me, I just thought of stress as like this omnipresent thing instead of something that I like a cycle that I could complete, mm-hmm. and it's completely changed my life. So I'm really, I mean, Come as You Are is one of those get your shit together books that I have read multiple times. I've bought it for so many people, but this book coming out, Burnout, I am super stoked. I'm just going to make a little bed out of it and sleep in it because this is going to be a very stressful year for me. Um, <laughs> you can't control what's happening, but you can control how you feel about it. Yes. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, okay, like something bad will happen and I'll be like, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> this seems right. <laughs> then I, I don't know if that's depression or what, <laughs> but it's helping. But it's just like something happens and I go, and I used to friggin' spiral. And now I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that is I think that is a good way to deal yeah. with I mean, that's what I think any of these like they all have in common, these books is they're like, yeah, the exact like you can't control the situation, but you can tr- control how you react to mm-hmm. it. Yes. And mm-hmm. and if you can react with like a go with the flow, David Lynch is gonna meditate through yeah. all of yeah. this mentality. There's a reason I have my little David Lynch sticker right here on the listeners cannot see, but I have a tiny <laughs> David Lynch sticker on my keyboard. And he is, looks like he's about to yell. And it just like, sometimes I'm like, okay, what would David Lynch do? Yeah. He's my Jesus. Yeah, there That's you what go. people do with Jesus, right? I think he's As the well. last pro- unproblematic fave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I, I, every time I see him like trending on Twitter, it's one of the, I get really worried. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, David Lynch, what did you do? Uh, so, Gabby, do you have any goals for getting your shit together as a reader this year? Or are you someone who sets like reader goals or just sort of, sort of read whatever you want? I don't tend to read a lot of fiction um and it's weird because I had a YA novel come out last year and I read and so we were on the same 
um, I said almost said label. I don't know. We were on the same publisher <laughs> as uh, Rainbow Roll, and so I read her stuff. But that's like what motivated me to do it. I wasn't like I read a lot of true crime. I and that uh, I think puts you in a, a weird space, yeah, yeah. mentally. Sure. Oh, so yeah. it's not the best. Are you like checking the doors at night, like the locks at night? Oh like my that god! Kind of space? I read, I read, I'll be gone in, in the, the dark. dark. Yep, yep. That's what we just about. And and I was my girlfriend. I when she would come, she has keys to my house, and when she would come to the door, I for m- a month I made her be like, "It is Ellen." When she <laughs> arrived at the house, say the password. Yeah, yeah like no. a. Pr- Approaching the door, it is Ellen. Yeah. And yep. I was like, you have to because I'll cry. Yep. I, what did I do? Oh, I tweeted like, there's nothing like you're reading that, you're reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark and you're on the toilet and someone knocks on your door unexpectedly and you just <laughs> shit your, you just shit. Like, yeah. it was Actually, so. Actually, that's the best place for it. It was so terrifying. You're on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? You're that's in the prime best, location. Best case scenario. <laughs> I was like, what a nightmare. Um, but so I think I would want to read more like uplifting <laughs> fiction rather than just like, and then this is how the murder went down. Yep. Um, so before you go, Gabby, we're starting a new 2010. Reading glasses guest tradition. What is your reader wheelhouse besides murder? And wheelhouse, for oh. those who don't know, is like um, the books that you'll pick up. Like you see a book and it's about this, and you're like, gonna read subjects that, that will God, always I will read make it no you matter pick up what. A book. Everything else be downed. Something gay. Okay. If it's Love gay it. at all, I'm like, hello. Also, you open it up and a rainbow shoots out. You're yeah. like, one please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, <laughs> it's like you open the back, you read the back, and it's like, oh, uh, this housewife had a un, un, like a marriage that was unfulfilling, but then she meets a mysterious artist, and I'm like, gimme, gimme. <laughs> um, and uh, and then uh, like, uh, I I like true crime. I like if it's a cult or it's a murder mm. or you should read Alice plus Frida Forever. That's gay <gasps> true. Crime. What? <laughs> awesome. I'll tell you. About I love that. This. And um and I also like uh I tend to pick up like I mean I pick up money books now. Like I I read a really great book called Two Dollars a Day, which was about um people in poverty who live on literally two dollars a day. Oh wow. So I like um oh man everything's depressing. Um but I like uh <laughs> I like stuff that I also I we were talking about Tana French. I love if it's like. A cop is like you know this. I just started Killing Eve, so like anything where it's like, uh, like this cop is is you know almost out of the business, but that or you know what I mean. But (laughs) then this case (laughs) happens. Grizzled lady cop. Oh yeah. There you go. There's your wheelhouse. Yeah. Grizzled lady cops. Yeah. Lesbians. Finances. We need to combine all these somehow. That could be combined into one book for sure. Oh, we so we need a grizzled lady cop and her sexy financial analyst. Yeah. (laughs) They're both very tired and grumpy. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's it. (laughs) That's the whole thing. (laughs) That's perfect. All right. Well, so Gabby, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm at Gabby Dunn on Twitter uh, and at Gabby Road on Instagram, which is a very stupid Beatles pun that I didn't. Here's my thing. I thought Instagram not going to take off. So <laughs> I feel like this like obscure app yeah, that no so one was going to do. You did the, like the similar one with like Ello. You were like, eh, yeah. this is going to not go anywhere. And it didn't. Right. But I still and, get emails from them. <laughs> and so like I used my like, you know, middle school screen name and then here we are. Uh, and then um, GabbyDunn.com has links to the Bad With Money book, how to get that. 
and um, yeah, and and also like tour dates are on GabbyDunn.com because awesome. I'm, I'm going on tour with the book too. Yay. Okay. Yeah. So if listeners can go get the book right now because it's already out when this episode mm-hmm. comes out, even though we're recording it in 2018 because we're time travelers. Mm-hmm. And go see you on tour and follow you on Twitter. Yeah, it's all on GabbyDunn.com, which awesome. is also at Tumblr. So don't look at that front page because it's just me reblogging Law & Order SVU gifts. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly all we ever want from the internet. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we answer a bookish question, we're going to take a quick break. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Now it's time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Mark writes in, Have there been any exceedingly hyped books that you picked up and just didn't understand why it got all the hype? That happens to me all the time, and I always feel like I am missing something or just don't understand the story. The Goldfinch is a good example for me. Bria, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think this happens to everyone, especially we're recording this for, and I was thinking this was going to go out in 2018, it's not, nope. but, but there was a lot of like end of year books where like people were like, this was my favorite book. And so I read it before the end of the year because I like had felt like I had to. And then I was like, not my favorite book oh, yeah. at all. And you feel like an alien. Yes. You're like, what am I missing? Yes. And then my other thing about this is that, like, if someone recommends a book to me and it's, like, the first in a series of, like, 17 books, I'm like, I just am not even going to bother. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have time to commit to a 17 book series right now. Yep. Like, my life is too short. I have too many books to read. Yep. And this is the only time where I understand trolling, where I want, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to make it my life's mission to to tell everyone this is actually bad. <laughs> but <laughs> How? do you actually go out there and say no, this is bad? No, I can't. No, but I, like, I feel like this, like, I'm more of a movies person and I oh man when there was a movie that came out and everyone I knew was hyping it and I was like this is bad actually like I don't (laughs) how is this happening and I had to like come up with I was like they're all best friends with the director I guess I don't know I was like spiraling about it yeah I mean I always like figure there are reasons like that like there's something in the book or the movie that just spoke to that person that just didn't resonate with me or something like there was. But I was like, be- "This is racist and sexist," oh, and yeah. people were just like, "We love it." Well, I, <laughs> I don't care about talking about this one, but uh, one of them I I shouldn't. But one of them, uh, do you remember that movie Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling? No, people, yeah, I, a bunch of uh, a bunch of dudes that I know were like, "It's the best movie of 2017." Loved it. I hated it so much. I was like, this is garbage. And I hated it so much that on my first date with my girlfriend, I talked about how much I hated it for like maybe half the date. (laughs) And then she bought me a poster of the nice guys (laughs) as a gift. And then now it's like on my, it's hanging up in my apartment and people are like, oh, and I'm like, no, it's an ironic poster because it's the worst movie I've ever seen. That's hilarious. (laughs) But it was a funny move on her. I opened it and laughed real hard. That means she's definitely, that's a keeper move. 
move. Right? That's a good like, funny oh, keeper move. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's fucking that's, hysterical. Um, yeah. Do you do you have this problem? I'm sure you do. You don't like a lot of stuff that people other people like. <laughs> yes, it's true. This happens to me all the time, and I don't think there's any shame in it. I actually am adding this to my 2007, uh, 2019 reader goals is stop feeling guilted by buzzy books. Mm. I don't... I. I think people need to remember that you're not missing something. You're not stupid. It's not that you don't understand the story. For whatever reason, you are not connecting with the book. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't It doesn't always mean the book is bad. Sometimes the book is bad, but it doesn't always mean that. And there are just about a million reasons why you might not connect with a book. It's such a subjective experience. Art is subjective. Art is so subjective. But it drives you insane when everyone is just like, OMG, and you're like, no. I want to write back to each one. Bad, actually. Yes. Well, it's like it depends. Like it, like it depends on how you grew up. It depends on where you are. Like there have definitely been times where I started reading a buzzy book, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking garbage." And then like I picked it up a few months later, where I was in a different headspace or something changed. I was like, "Oh, this isn't so bad." Uh, this happened to me with Outlander. Mm. Everybody, mm-hmm. I, this is a special treat for our listeners. You never talk about books. I you like. never talk yeah. about books I don't like, but I feel like Outlander is gonna be okay if I. Uh, They'll be fine. I know. I feel bad like with movies sometimes because I'm like, nice well, guys, what, what if I fun. work with this director? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I I started reading Outlander because everybody and their mother was like, oh my god, Outlander's so great and it's so sexy and there's butt stuff, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll read this. Mm-hmm. And I like got a, butt play. I think that, yeah, butt stuff happens. Yeah. Old-timey butt stuff. All right. Scottish butt stuff. <laughs> no kidding. You know, it's crazy over there. Um, you don't know what's under those kilts. And I read about a oh, almost 200 pages of it, and I was like, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I don't yeah, like this yeah. lady. Sometimes if stuff is bad, I'll still watch it. Or I'll still read it. Like, I'll be like, this is bad, but I'm in it. Here yeah. we go. I will do that with horror movies because I yeah. love garbage. I love crappy horror movies. Just give me that shit. But with books, like, I got, I didn't even get to any of the sex scenes. And I know a lot of people who were like, oh, just skip to page ha! 100 or something because that's when the butt stuff starts. And I was like, ah, I, there are so many other romance novels that I could read. Yeah. I would just, like, and I c- couldn't get it. And for a while, I felt bad because everybody loves Outlander so fucking much. But there's just something that didn't resonate with me and that's okay and it's i i feel like people have to remember that if you're in a conversation and everybody's like oh my god i love outlander you don't have to lie and you don't have to pretend you could just be like it's not for me sometimes i don't like it when it's buzzy but then i'll i'll watch it once everyone stopped talking about it or i'll read it once everyone stopped because i feel resentment like you don't you don't get to tell me what to read i have a really good friend (laughs) who's like that and she can't she just if something's buzzy she cannot read yeah. it or You're watch it or listen to my it. Life. She's not a joiner. Not a like not they, a, they won't She has to wait till all the buzz the... comes calm, calms down. Uh it happened with Hamilton. She couldn't listen to Hamilton mm-hmm. when all the Hamilton shit was happening. Well, I still haven't listened to Hamilton. Oh me, I was a uh, enthusiastic wow. Hamilton Oh, person. Sean is is shaking Sean his head. Like Hamilton. I like a musical. Wow. I would probably like it. Oh no! I'd probably be into Every it. show that's been off the air for like five years, I'm like, oh, this is good, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I like, just started have watching X Files <laughs> for the first time ever. What? Which I one? just started watching X Files for yeah. the first. Oh yeah, it's great. Thirty years too late. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey guys, have you ever heard of X Files? <laughs> and then good you want to talk about it, but yeah. no, everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, you guys watch Breaking Bad? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of this show, Twin Peaks? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's Mark. You're okay. You don't have to feel ashamed. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad reader. You're not stupid. You're not not getting it. But it's imagine just if you didn't like Harry Potter. Oh, I there's was, people out there who don't. around yeah. you all the time, and people reference it constantly. 
Yeah. And it's but it's okay. Mm-hmm. There are things I there, I don't, I don't here's like the thing I think things. you don't have to be willing I don't think you have to plant your flag in that and be like, but I hate Harry Potter. You don't have to be the doesn't person. make you interesting. No, it doesn't make you interesting. Just let people, Very good point. <laughs> yeah, just and let people like the things and you don't have to argue with someone about whether no. or not this art is good because look, you it's it's not your job to convince someone something's bad. But if something is racist and sexist, I feel like you can't you, you should point it out to liked- us. Nice guys, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> I, I think Gabby is going to be very mad. Gabby's going to kill you. Uh, I think the. I just think the phrase "it's not for me" is perfect mm-hmm. because no yeah. one can argue with that. It's non-confrontational and it's an easy thing. Like if you're in a social situation and you feel like everyone's jerking off to Harry Potter and you just didn't like it, because um, <laughs> don't say jerking off to Harry Potter. Those are teenagers. <laughs> He turns 18 in the last book. <laughs> well, I actually don't know. Maybe, okay. I don't know how old those maybe children Dumbledore, are. Dumbledore. Maybe they're you're kids. jerking off to Dumbledore. He's the an adult. The first one, they're like five. They look so young. If you go yeah. back and watch it, it's weird how young they are. It is weird. Like it, The look, first one is dark as shit. It's just like all about child abuse, and you're like supposed to be in, in like third grade reading it. Right. You're like, this is so funny. He lives under the stairs. No, I was tra- My mom read it to me because she had heard it was about child abuse, and so she read it to me to be like, is, do you have any questions? Are you okay? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought wow. you meant your mom was like, I love reading what stuff. No, no, no. Just a way to like, yeah. like, you know, approach child abuse. She was like, are you, you know, that sometimes parents aren't nice or whatever. Like, I remember that. Oh, that's yeah, wow. Great. Yeah. But in a whimsical way. They're yeah. not nice in a whimsical way. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just think that you could say, this isn't for me and you're totally fine yeah. and no one can argue with that and no one can get mad at you. And I love when you have conversations like that with people and then you're like, oh, but I didn't like that because it's racist. And they're like, oh. And they have nothing to say to them. <laughs> <laughs> and right. then they go, you're a goddamn buzzkill. Go away. Yeah. I you just, know what? It's okay to be a buzzkill. Yeah. It's, it's okay. okay to be a buzzkill in 2019. This happens to me. So this this year has been my partner's year. My partner is a very large cisgender mm-hmm. white dude who is very handsome and just doesn't get a lot of things and this was his year of like looking at things through a female lens Mm -hmm. and he's like wow it's hard to like things yes (laughs) i was like oh my love yes (laughs) we'll be watching something and he was like we were watching running man because i had never seen that movie and he was like wow this rape storyline is really pointless and i was like oh yeah (laughs) you're getting it It doesn't hold up but it's not a bad you're not a bad person you're like it's a good thing to point those things out Mm -hmm. so it's okay i don't know if mark is not liking buzzy things because he's a feminist or not, but Mark, <laughs> and I okay. actually don't know. I didn't read The Goldfinch, which is his example. I haven't read it either, but I really like John Tartt's The Secret History. Oh, people loved that book. that book. It was like the most popular book at the library the year it came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it was like a big book club book. But like, people uh, loved it for a book club. But Mark, it's okay if you don't like The Goldfinch. Yeah, you don't have to like You're it. Okay. We, we like, we absolve you of the... Yeah, we're book we're the book priests, right? That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the... Yeah, I did a I'm thing, just waving but I'm not sure. Around, Mark, but you're okay. <laughs> If you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your bookish question, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun Store. Link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. Uh, Our five-star review from the week is from Talia who is currently reading Marrow Island by Alexis M. Smith, because it was mentioned on the show. And uh, they say that they feel like they would gift mostly Neil Gaiman and Shel Silverstein books. Ooh, good gift love books. it. Um, Shel Silverstein's a good one. Yeah, that is a really good gift book. Yeah. So we always appreciate your five-star reviews. Uh, it really, really helps us. And if you 
put one in, we will read it on the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And you can always follow along on our publisher entries using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.